Welcome back to Raising Hell with Adele. I'm your host, Adele Giovanello. Today I'm greeted by Marie Oldham. Oldham's, right? Yes. Okay. A friend of my mother's who is going to be talking about the Black Lives Matter movement with me. Um, would you like to just introduce yourself quick before we sure. get started? Sure. Yeah. So my name is Marie. I am actually a um, an HR business partner, but I know um, Adele's mom, Kristen, because we actually were in recruiting together up until recently. And so I was her buddy and we got really close. And so I was really happy to have Adele reach out to me for this, um, just give my perspective on everything going on awesome um okay so my first question originally when we um when I wrote the questions was what you've been to a protest right yes yes Um, I have so what because when we see it on the news it's obviously going to be very different from what's actually going on there so is there anything you've specifically learned or noticed from them yeah so I, so what I've learned from protesting the most is that um, how much the media will misconstrue what's happening. So when I was protesting, everything was really peaceful. Um, it was in a very emotional moment um, because a lot of the times we were chanting the names of people that have passed away from police brutality that have been murdered. Um, and it's just a lot of people that are very dedicated to the cause that are there just living in the moment. Um, but what the media portrays more so is um, are people that are, that are rioting or looting. Um, and, and sort of trying to like paint that in a negative light and taint that image of what the move- movement is actually about. Um, so that's, uh, it's, it's very frustrating to see that they're only showing, um, all the negative things that are happening and they aren't really showing, um, even with those negative things, a lot of the people that are looting or rioting, it really aren't, it really isn't people that are for the black lives matter movement. Um, like you could see, um, even in my state in Scottsdale, um, Scottsdale, Arizona, um, there's a ton of rioting and looting that had happened, but that was actually, it was predominantly white people that had gone and started doing that, that really had no association with the cause. They just saw an opportunity to go do that, uh, live life on the edge or do yeah. something, you know, like risky or whatever. Um, and so uh, seeing things like that and how the media is portraying it, that's really upsetting um, and, and quite frustrating at times. And then for the people that are part of the Black Lives Matter, for Black people that are part of the Black Lives Matter movement um, that do resort to rioting and looting, um I just don't I, I see a lot of people judging that and it doesn't make any sense to me just because there have been there it's essentially 400 years of pent up pent up frustration um pent up um uh, distrust in our government and the system and the justice system um in all different aspects of racial of, of systemic racism um being pent up over the years and so I wish that people would pay more attention to um and get more upset and emotionally charged over police brutality um lack of opportunities for black people um as they do for the rioting and the looting so um, but when I went it was was a great experience granted it was really hot because it's Arizona (laughs) um and it was later in the day I was like oh my god yeah I'm gonna die but like it was it was an amazing experience though I I wouldn't change it for everything and I want to go to one that's going to be in DC on August 28th um Martin Luther King um he had a march on Washington and that was essentially to help promote um you know, gaining more opportunities for black people, um, specifically for, for jobs. And so 
they're essentially recreating that in DC. And so I hope to be able to go to that one too, um, given that COVID will allow me yeah. to be able to travel. <laughs> That's a really good um, answer to that question, especially because I, I mean, even when I watch the news, I try and look at it and see like, are they doing this the you know are they portraying everything the right right way because I mean they can technically like they can show whatever they want even if a majority is showing one thing they can kind of um pinpoint one certain area that they want to focus on um so okay so my next question was actually you know I think it's going towards more people who aren't in the black community that we just really want to be more respectful of especially during this whole time because emotionally it's a lot um, for the mental health of the black community, but for people who don't identify as African-American, there's a constant debate between coining the term black or African-American when describing people of African descent in America. What are your thoughts and which one do you prefer? Right. Um, so I, I'm, I, I prefer to be called black, but I do. So the difference, the difference between the two is that black people can come in I believe it's like different races. So you can have someone that's like Dominican that's black. You can have, there's certain Latino people that are, that are black. Um, and so it's for black people as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, in, and I, I prefer to be called black. That's fine yeah. with me. African-American is like the, the, it's like too political term for the race that mm-hmm. are African, that African people in America, like people, yeah. America, Black people that were born in America from Africa that have African yeah. descent or African American, um, but I prefer the ter- term black. I think that um, you know it also if, if someone prefers to be called African American and they tell someone that, then I think that's somewhat something that they need to respect too. I am okay yeah. being called black. Um, I know the majority of black people that I know are fine being called black because we're black, um, and so like. I don't know. I kind of think of it like, you know, like we, we don't call white people when we think, yeah, like Caucasian, Caucasian. like, yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> that's so that Caucasian, you know, like yeah. that, that Caucasian person. So I think it's more of, um, I'm losing the term, but it's like the, it's not that I'm fine being called black and not like the actual term African-American. Yeah. Um, that's fine with me. But if someone prefers to be called African-American, like, and they communicate that to you or other people, then okay. Then yeah, you should be definitely. Yeah, then respect it, you know? Um, Yeah. So that's, that's how I feel about that. Okay. Yeah. Because I, I mean, I feel like I have been, you know, I've always said black, but you know, I don't know why, but for some reason, like a lot of media that I see is like, you can't say that that's not okay. And I was always like, why, you know, it's the black lives matter movement, the black community. And, um, my, my friend gave me this really good, um, article, but basically like the reason like they were saying that saying black is not okay is when people use it intentionally to say something negative Negative, and then like attaching black to the word or whatever they want to say. Mm-hmm. when people like throw it in there oh like this black person when really you want to say when like, it's... Oh, that blonde person or that white person or uh-huh. something like they throw it in there as an extra jab as yeah. a sort of negative connotation that's when it's foul yeah but i mean 
I, I love that in general it's, you know, called the Black Lives Matter. I feel like if it was called the African American Lives Matter, it just wouldn't, <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, Black Lives. Yeah, I think that's a, I think it's kind of making the word to have just an even more positive connotation in general, which is going to make it, I don't know. I just think it's a, a great idea. Um, yeah. Okay, so my next question was, this is, I didn't know exactly how to frame this question because I can't exactly explain how I got to it, but I feel like I've noticed a lot of cultural appropriation with black culture regarding hair, music, dance, and fashion, just in America at, at the very least, um, and many other things. Do you feel like there's a line to be drawn? Like for one example I've noticed is, um, I can't remember who this was, but there was this girl I followed on Instagram and she's white. She came back from some trip in um the caribbean and she had like um she had uh cornrows and i was like ooh i don't know if i would <laughs> do that yeah. um what are your thoughts on that I, I think that it's frustrating to watch cultural appropriation for for this primary reason so i have had friends that wear their natural hairstyles or wear cornrows or wear wear hairstyles that are most protective for black hair mm-hmm. um and are told that's inappropriate like you shouldn't wear yeah that, you know? and then like, that have gotten harsh discrimination because of something that they they a way that they need to wear their hair to to decrease breakage in their mm-hmm. hair um like you may have saw like a year or two ago there's some kid that walk at graduation because he had dreadlocks there are people that can't wear afros in the workplace because they it's just deemed inappropriate when it's really not. It's just then, your hair. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or like, yeah, or like, um, and then you see white people doing it and it's cool and it's trendy and they try to monetize on it um, or gain popularity over it when people are being harshly discriminated just because they're wearing their hair a certain way. So mm-hmm. that's when it becomes really frustrating um, in regards to like a hair piece. Mm-hmm. Um, in regards to like culture, I, I like the term culture vulture. So people yeah. will go and just steal a culture and just make it their own and give no sort of regard, um, no sort of praise or like, or I don't know, just like justice to black people that created that music and, and they try to make it one of their own. Um, even when you see like TikTok dances, a lot of t- popular TikTok dances that you see were created by black people, but Mm -hmm. then it's never, you know, people don't notice it or people don't care about it because it's black people that are making it and people don't value black people the same way that they do white people. But then a white person does that same dance and it blows up and it's Mm -hmm. huge. And then it's like a huge TikTok dance. Um, So it's going back to it. It's really monetizing, capitalizing um, and just gaining popularity over something that black people are doing that they're looked down on and then they you know they take upon this trend and they start you know capitalizing and monetizing off of it which is wrong um so that's how I feel on the matter also too um it's really frustrating when I've seen like some stupid county or counter arguments out there that are like well black people straighten their hair you know like that why you know they're appropriating white culture stuff Uh like that but like there's literally times where if you know I don't straighten my hair or someone else has straightened their hair they literally won't look be looked at like a proper person or like um yeah yeah like those are things that black people have had to really 
adhere to and like have almost been forced to do just to be looked at as an equal. So, and also too, there's quick other derailing side tangents. No, that's fine. This reverse racism at all. Um, Racism also has to involve people that are not oppressed. Racism is against people that are oppressed, minorities, marginalized people, whereas, um, you know, like a black person can't be racist towards a white person because a white person has white privilege and they've had all the Mm -hmm. power and privilege throughout their life. So, side tangent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) No, no, that's a a really good point. It's justified. And it's strange because we've seen white people do this exact same thing for completely wrong reasons and there's like no repercussions like I remember do you remember when Trump was first elected and there was I think it was 2017 but there was a whole the things in Virginia like all the torch like people were walking around torches and that kind of just went through the news like it went through like one quick cycle and then no one talked about it again but like I don't know I just you can tell like when you really start comparing it and noticing you can tell that this happens all the time where exactly yeah yeah it really does and it's it's very frustrating um that that the media tries to portray it to be some bad thing honestly I feel like and this might seem a little unconventional but I feel like black people have the right to burn the whole country to the ground if they wanted to (laughs) honestly and so sorry if you're more concerned about the merchandise than you are about black black people actually being murdered you know um yeah and go ahead oh sorry I was just gonna say and for the most part like they've been more the most peaceful protest we've ever seen for any movement really yeah um, I saw um, a video yesterday, and it wasn't catching any media attention, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but Elijah McClain, I don't know if you've heard of his story. I called, I called, um, I actually called the Congress person for that one. Wow, good for you. I got put, I got put on hold. Actually, no, that was for Breonna Taylor. For Elijah, I think I, I think we, like, did, um, my family and I did a little bit of, a, like, a donation, but. Oh, nice, yeah, um, so. Yesterday, they were, uh, it was either yesterday or the day before, I mix up my days, but they were um, in Colorado, and a lot of violinists were just playing the violin peacefully, like, not doing anything, they were just doing it in remembrance of Elijah. Then, out of nowhere, you just see the police start coming in, and just starting to tear gas the entire crowd, peacefully protesting. Out of nowhere, they just started tear gassing, just tear gassing the crowd, and so a lot of the times the police are either instigating the violence that happens and the media is not portraying it. And so that's, that's a really big thing that I, I wish people would be able to see too, that was getting more mainstream media attention, but the media is not going to portray it. So yeah. uh, that, that can be frustrating at times too. Yeah. I, I remember hearing someone say, you know, uh, like we've been protesting for so long, but you guys don't pay attention until something violent happens which is like it's sad but you know I don't I mean I have to say even watching like in the last month that this has been going on I've take actually starting to take the time to learn and educate myself because I obviously am not gonna know everything um so my next question was gonna be what have you learned from the uh what have you learned from the protest I think you said that and then what do you like most about the Black Lives Matter movement and is there anything that you disagree with? I 
don't um, I don't disagree with anything with the Black Lives Matter movement. I love everything about the Black Lives Matter movement. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the traction that it's gained this yeah. year. In 2016, it didn't have nearly as much traction. You know, when you think about Colin Kaepernick kneeling, yeah. um, the majority of the media attention around that was negative, um, even though that was peacefully protesting. But with, you know... Uh, recent events with uh, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Elijah McLean, um, these cases starting to come to light more. Um, it's different. I feel like there's been a shift in the mentality towards Black Lives Matter. Granted, there's many people that still come back with All Lives Matter, Blue Lives Matter, yeah. um, trying to like overshadow uh, the actual issues that are going on, but there is a lot more traction than I've ever seen before. So I'm really happy and proud about that. Um, not something that I'm against with the black lives matter movement, but something that I've seen sort of, um, take place because of the black lives matter movement is I feel like there's been a, and not that there's anything particularly wrong about this, um, because it's also something that needs to be taken action on, but I feel like, in the last like week or so maybe like couple weeks there's been a shift from like black lives matter to just police brutality in general like yeah just in general like police need to be better monitored they need to have some sort of like checks and balances um which is true and that needs to happen but i feel like i just want people's uh mentality to be more um you know, like emotionally charged towards the Black Lives Matter movement. And then all that other stuff will come into place because there's been a lot that's come into light, that's come to light about police brutality, uh, just the methods that they use, how it's just uh, overall just an inherently unjust system. Mm-hmm. Um, and that unjust system systematic systemically oppresses Black people. And so I, I feel like the last couple of weeks, it's been more talk about like police brutality and the checks and balances that need to be, or like defunding the police department. And those are all things I completely agree with, but I feel like it is like, it's slowly but surely starting becoming like the new movement besides black lives matter. Like I can agree yeah. with both, but I feel like the predominant issue at hand here is black lives matter. And if we address that, then a lot of the other issues will fall into place. So I just don't want the movement to be overshadowed by overall, like, screw the police. You know, like, I want it to be more like, (laughs) Black Lives Matter, you know, and like, and I'm happy that these issues are being brought to light too. I just don't want it to completely overshadow the movement as a whole. Yeah, because I think also too, um, in general, like, it's not just police brutality. I mean, from the stories I hear, from everything I see, police brutality is like one of the worst things that, is come coming out of this systemic racism but like uh, I can't remember what my my friend coined a term for it but just like general racism that's like undertone in the workplace at school like you can't pinpoint it or like you just you see it but you can't I can't explain it um yeah but anyway that, that goes into my next question how has racial injustice basically impacted you maybe in work school um and what do you feel about, um, like, what people say? Because one thing I've um, been talking to people about and they find most frustrating is not the people that are bluntly racist, like, saying awful things, but the ones that, like, maybe don't provide you a certain opportunity because of that, because of your race. Right. But you can't directly say that because 
they're not gonna um like claim that to be the reason do you know what I mean right so I get, no I totally get what you're saying so what's your um what what are your thoughts on that yeah so I myself um I ex- I'm, I'm experiencing it now I you know I go to the store and on my way to the store I see people flying confederate flags oh my in gosh. Gilbert, Arizona that's yeah. not fun to see you know yeah, like yeah. a constant reminder in your face um my name is if my first name is actually Funche I go by my middle name Marie okay um but I have noticed and also with many of my other friends um if we send out resumes and I put Funche Oldhams, and uh, then they put their real name and their last name. They send out resumes, and then we send out exactly identical air, uh, resumes, both our nicknames like Marie or, or whatever my friend's nicknames yeah. are. Many more hits will come back for our nicknames. And if we don't really? say that we're black, then many more hits will come back for that. Um, so, you know, things like that. I've had friends who have been stopped many times put in jail for things they didn't do um being racially profiled um a lot of little comments here and there that I've gotten through all my life like you're pretty for a black girl you know mm-hmm. stuff like that it's just um you know like things like that I think that living in a predominantly white neighborhood and going to a predominantly white school with a lack of diversity, there's a lot of little sly comments made, um, hurtful comments made. Um, and, and I recognize too, that it's, it is against black people, but as a whole too, I've noticed that the darker your skin tone, it's, it's all, there's also a colorism, um, portion of it too. So mm-hmm. I, I received a lot of hate because I'm black, but a lot of people who are darker skin than me received a lot more hate than I did. Mm-hmm. And so um, it, it goes a little bit deeper too. It's, it's like in the black community, um, people see people that are light skinned differently than they see people that are, that are dark skinned. And there's definitely a privilege there. Like it, it's kind of hard to describe, but like overall there's injustice against black people. Yeah, yeah. But then when you divide it up even more it starts going down yeah Yeah, there's even more hatred and more discrimination against people that are darker skinned than there are against people that are lighter skinned and I recognize that privilege that I have um Mm -hmm. being being lighter skinned um my brother for example he went and applied for a job and when he applied for it and talked to the person over the phone he hadn't met with them in person at all they told him that they weren't going to be needing a drug test but then as soon as he went in for an interview and they saw him, they said they were going to need a drug test. Little microaggressions yeah. like that that happen um, on a regular basis. Those are really frustrating. Um, but, yeah, it, it can get really bad. Like, I, I've known a lot of friends that have, you know, just uh, – also, too, I've experienced you're walking out of the store and people, like, look at you if you're not – like, making sure you're not stealing anything. Like, people kind of, like – like following you through the store, making sure you're not stealing stuff, um, things like that. The list goes on and on really. But, um, I would say those are the, those are the main things that have uh, directly impacted me. Yeah. I, it's, it's really difficult for me to even understand because, you know, for me, I just don't experience that kind of, um, racism or even just microaggressions or, 
you know, it's, like, for me personally, I think, like, Black Lives Matter is not gonna, I don't think it's gonna be solved in a day, and it hasn't, which is so, like, frustrating, but I think once we can treat the black community as we treat the white community, then, you know, like, if, like, for me, I can walk in a store, and I can go out, and no one's gonna look at me funny, or just people aren't gonna say anything, if we can get to that point, and I think, well, once, like, black people are able to experience the white privilege I have, I think that would kind of indicate that, you know, we've reached a point. But it's, from what I hear, like, it's it's frustrating because every time, like, one of my, um, I was, I was watching the documentary The 13th on Netflix. Oh, cool! Yeah, it was awesome. really good, really informative. Um, but one of the things they were talking about was, you know, every time we change a law that appears to discriminate black people we bring we bring in another law that does the same thing but just in a different way so that you can't coin it so like you know after the enslavement of the african-american community in america once we had the emancipation there was a rule in it that said you know you can't treat people as such unless they're prisoners and thus mass incarceration started and now we have you know, this police brutality to attack the black community to do such. And I don't know, I just, I feel it's so frustrating because we keep seeing like over and over again, it's like once something happens, once something changes. Yeah. Let's see, I have a couple more questions. Um, okay, this actually has to kind of go with cultural appropriation because I feel like a lot of people love black culture, but then when it comes to the treatment and justice for black people it's they kind of start stepping away um do you feel like many people are supportive of black pop culture as in just music and stuff in general but then they refrain from protecting their rights in american society just like big figureheads of pop music but then you know what are your thoughts on that yeah i do um i feel like I'm trying to think of exact examples, like specific people. He would make like hip hop and R and B music, and then he would distance himself from it when people would ask him, like, "Oh, like, do you like making, you know, like hip hop?" And he was like, "I don't make hip hop. Like, I don't make R and B. Like, I make my own thing. Like, he doesn't want to be associated with it. So oh, that's he wants to capitalize off of it. Yeah, sort of thing. That's I never thought of it that way, but yeah, that's a um." Or, so, my, um, or even more specifically, just, like, um, black icons of music, like, Beyonce, Jay-Z, Khalid, um, just all those people, do you feel like everyone's, like, yes, like, we love this, but then when it comes to their, um, I don't know, just, like, their rights in general, people kind of drift away from it, like, the reason I thought of the question was I was do you remember seeing the this is America video by Childish Gambino uh-huh. yeah um some I can't remember but when this whole thing started happening I was like let me rewatch that video because I feel like now is like in a great time to like rewatch it because I feel like he taught in the video he's really symbolic of police brutality and um the in the video he's I I don't know if you remember but he's just dancing the whole time and like super uh I don't know, he, he has, like, a super excited and, like, bright, happy face on the whole time he's dancing. In the whole background, there's, like, cops and people running, and, um, 
someone was saying, don't, do you think that's kind of how, like, in media, like, we seem to love and appreciate, we love, like, just black music, black culture in, like, our media and our music, and then we just kind of, in the back burner, we just let all this stuff happen? Yeah, I do. I've seen a lot of, uh, like, even, like, people that I went to high school with, like, posting, like, these black dances, like, uh, like, TikTok dances and stuff. yeah. yeah. Posting, like, rap music, posting all this stuff, like, loving all these black artists. And then, like I said, it's, like, radio silence when everything... When everything's happening. You know, know, when everything's hitting the fan and it's, like, you just care about what you can get out of the culture, not Not... supporting the people developing the culture Mm -hmm. and making it. Um, Yeah, that's how I feel about that. I feel like a lot of people really do take advantage of the fact that there are actual people behind Behind the music people behind the hairstyles people behind the culture um people behind the movement and they don't they just don't they don't care i I just feel like people just want to get what they want out of it they want a cool song to listen to they want a cool um tiktok dance to dance to they want um the popularity that will come from stealing black culture but like you said everything's in the background they don't really care they don't really care about black people they just care about yeah. what they can get out of the culture. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a that's a good way to phrase it. Um, okay, so I have one more question. And then after this, if you want to let me know any um, organizations you want to specifically, like, have us donate to, I can put that on the podcast for people to click and donate or... Yeah, whatever, whatever you want to do. Um, okay, so my last question is do you, what do you think other communities or anyone else in general should take away from the movement beyond what's going on and actions they can take to support the black community? What legal changes we could make, you know, that haven't really been mentioned? And then how can we decrease injustices we see by police, workforce, college admissions, just the tr- how we treat black people in America? Sure. I know um, it's a lot of stuff I No, said. no, really great question. I think it first starts with having difficult conversations. First, actually, first it comes with educating yourself. Educating yourself, um, there's a plethora of information out there. Go and educate yourself. Don't ask black people to educate you. Um, it's not their job. It's not their role. Go out and, and educate yourself. Look at the information that's out there. Um, support black local businesses, you know, food, any, anything like any sort of black local business. That's a really great way to help and support too. Mm -hmm. Um, listening. So when black people say something, listen, um, and not just, you know, come in, come in with your own opinions. Um, there's so many different ways you can sign petitions. There's so many petitions out there you can sign. Like I just do it like clockwork now. Like whenever I see a petition, I'm like, go sign, you know, like try to help support, um, change in that regard. Um, reading, Googling, and to educate yourself. And then once you're really educating yourself, go and have those difficult conversations with friends, with family. Um, when you see something that's wrong, stand up for it, be very vocal. Um, I do truly believe in my heart that silence is being complicit. Mm-hmm. you're just maintaining the corrupt system if you choose to be silent um and not being very loud and vocal is um is is complicity and so i also think that um on top of all of that too it's really good it's it's having those difficult conversations with your parents um you know them and 
your, their grandparents it, and your grandparents were raised in a completely different time. So having those difficult conversations with them um, and not being and not being afraid to just say like if they ask difficult questions or anyone else to ask difficult questions to you, uh, to you about the movement, not being afraid to say I don't know, let me go learn and then mm-hmm. I'll come back to you. I think that's really important too. Um, the Kardashians. I definitely feel like they're culture vultures. Um, granted, I feel like Kim has done a lot to get people that have been wrongfully put in prison out of prison mm-hmm. that have been um, predominantly black. But at the same time, too, they do these things like wearing cornrows, <clears throat> primarily dating black men but then it's complete radio silence when these things happen. I haven't seen anything from Kylie yeah. Jenner about this at all. Um, it's those people that consistently capitalize off of black culture and then stay radio silent when these things happen that are that's very, very telling. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, going to protests, signing petitions. Um, there's so many documentaries out there educating yourself. Um, could come in, a, in the form of that too. I, I think also too with the age of social media, um, you can just say your opinion and it can reach hundreds of people so quickly. So I feel like being active and vocal on social media is huge too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think that those are a lot of the ways that that white people can be a- um, allies and advocates during this time. Um, and and pushing for legislature like there's a lot of things like even in Arizona I've I've emailed many councilmen <clears throat> I've emailed mayors and governors about um innocent people being murdered um and so I think that was great that you emailed a congress that you called a congressman Adele and, they put me and on that, hold <laughs> oh god yeah that's so annoying but you know you're trying and you're and you're trying to push that advocacy and mm-hmm. awareness I think that's um that's huge. So I, I just wish that people would just, you know, just stop and listen um, and then and then take action in those various ways. Okay. Yeah, I think that's a, a great way to put it. Thank you so much for um, being on the podcast. I of really course, appreciate it. Yeah. yeah I, think I, I think I learned um, a lot from just this in general, but I oh, feel sorry. even more inclined to just, you know, look things up more and read more and I don't know yeah um thank and you so much as far as a do- uh, to donate I love the NAACP legal funds okay. um they because they like even if you go to donate on there it has all these different categories that you so you, you can, can pick yeah um yeah like so like police brutality maybe it's like healthcare because there's um there's racism at so many different levels I've it's heard like the healthcare brutality. system too yeah actually yeah. going so through you know, yeah. when you think about racist people like all the racist people that you know in your lives like think about how there are healthcare professionals that don't value black lives as much as they do other lives and that's really Um, gonna impact yeah it is huge the rate of mortality um during pregnancy slack women i believe it's three times higher than any other race um they're just not taken seriously that's Mm -hmm. the problem that's why covid is um, disproportionately impacting them too also too because black people because of deep rooted systemic issues throughout time um it's created a huge divide in race in um in uh in financial inequality between white people and black people so black people have to primarily take like lower level retail jobs um service jobs 
um, because they're denied opportunities that richer white people can have. And so for COVID, when you think about it, all the things that shut down, they were like like, shopping centers and malls and restaurants. And so those people were being disproportionately impacted. Um, and, and for those restaurants and, and shops that did stay open, then black people are getting more direct contact with people that do have COVID. And so the death rate for, uh, for black people against COVID is disproportionately higher than any other group. Mm-hmm. Um, so look at, you know, and that's just one thing um, that, you know, one other thing, there's uh, like education discrimination. There is um, like, even in the workplace discrimination against black people, there are so many different categories that people can look into. Police brutality is really just like the top, the tip of the iceberg, but there's like this whole massive iceberg underneath um, of issues that can be looked into. So looking into all of those, doing your due diligence to try to do the most that you can, um, for the black community, that that would be the most helpful. But the NAACP Legal Fund is, is my favorite okay. one. So There's I'll make sure there. to I'll make sure to link it somewhere in my um in the podcast or on the cool. title at the end. But thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you guys next time. <laughs> <laughs>